Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here on the Believe Network. And we were trying to figure out some of the more far-fetched things that we've seen in our lifetime covering sports here in South Florida, where we originate from. And there were three things that really popped, uh, you know, onto the list. Uh, one was when the Miami Heat, actually two involved the Heat. Well, one time they tried to convince us that Ron Rothstein, after uh, acquiring his dream job and finally becoming a head coach all those years with the Bad Boy Pistons, decided to quit uh, that job. But just in midseason, after uh, getting hammered for a couple of years, it looked like things were finally rounding into form. And uh, he, he uh, supposedly was maintaining at a press conference that uh, uh, the team was that he was having a nervous breakdown. And so uh, they had him and they had him looking like uh, Mike Tyson did when he was on the couch there with Barbara Walters and, uh, you know, with Ruth Roper and uh, Robin Givens, where he was in a catatonic state. So Rothstein's sitting there. They tried to convince us that he had a nervous breakdown. So they had to bring in their buddy, Kevin Lockery, to coach. We were also, uh, you know, at one time subjected to the uh, point of view that uh, the Dolphins had, that Don Shula voluntarily walked into Wayne Huizinga's office and said, you know what? I don't have it anymore. You ought to bring in Jimmy Johnson. That that was uh, far-fetched uh, and, and uh, something that was impossible to believe. And uh, also that Stan Van Gundy was going to quit his then dream job so he could take his daughter to Disney World uh, after uh, working for years as a relatively anonymous assistant and finally getting to the point where he was on the threshold of winning a championship with Shaq and Dwayne Wade. But none of that was as far-fetched as uh, the two teams that are in the Final Four coming from South Florida in college basketball, FAU and the University of Miami. And with that, we, we bring on a guy. He's the only guy that we know of in our circle of acquaintances and friends and people that we have on the shows who could possibly have envisioned this. And we bring on Brandon Lang of Two for the Money fame. And, of course, uh, right here on Believe, you can catch his podcast as well. Uh, in a zillion years, uh, Brandon Lang, would you have ever envisioned FAU and the University of Miami being in the Final Four in the same year, or any year for that matter, uh, in the NCAA tournament? First of all, let's let's address the Ron Rothstein incident because yes. the fact of the fact of the matter is he was sitting at Fountain Blue when she walked in, and it was after <laughs> a game, and he was alone, having a couple cocktails, and she's a dime piece. Nobody's around. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get my free phone, and they went upstairs, and there it is. She's a tranny, and the shock <laughs> of being attracted to her and that's the thing about transgender for men is that when you meet one that's just drop dead gorgeous and you go through the two two and a half three hours of lust of like what i'm going to do to this girl and, and you you just it possesses your mind of just the lust of oh my god i'm just gonna i'm so attracted to her i mean i could spend time with this girl i can't i can't wait to see her again i haven't gone upstairs with her yet then you get up there and and your her dick is bigger than yours. <laughs> and and the, the the trauma that it causes you as a man, yes, is twofold. Yeah, one, am I gay because I lusted at the bar with her and envisioned having a relationship with her? The yeah. trauma of that. Yeah. And the second fold is, how can a woman, man, 
be so gorgeous with fake tits and beautiful. And I can't wait for all my friends to meet her. And oh my God, her on my arm is going to be incredible. Six foot one dime piece to have all that beauty. And her cock is five inches bigger than mine. <laughs> what, 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 what? You can't. So if you understand it's impossible, the yeah. trauma, then you can piece together Ron Rothstein. He's He always looked disheveled, not the most attractive guy in the world. Probably nope. never had a dime piece unless it was a hooker. So you, you put all that together. Now it makes sense. And only Brandon Lang can put it in that perspective. And I wish Ron all the best. And, and I think if he's accepted the, the transgender experience, he's probably been with a few. And he's okay with that. <laughs> but you have to get past that threshold. Don no, Schumer, no, he, he's still Don going strong there. in his 80s. Yeah, he's, he's still like uh, you know, doing broadcasting. And, um, you know, uh, very yeah, coherent for a guy uh, his age. Is, uh, I'm experiencing all kinds of uh, lapses of memory. And, uh, you know, the signs that Alzheimer's isn't too that, you know, that, that too off in the distance. Uh, all right. How'd you make out uh, last week? I mean, uh, you know, you talk about an improbable Final Four. I mean, it was just as improbable in Elite Eight. And uh, I, I don't know that anybody, I, uh, my understanding was that there were people, they must have used every mathematical permutation and entered like 250,000 entries in these contests because uh, supposedly there were a number of people that had this Final Four in their brackets, which... Uh, for the life of me, I could well, never see. I got came on your show and said the first number one seeds that would be gone in the second round were Purdue and Kansas, so we nailed yes. that. Yes. Um, yes. And then when we got into the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, when you watched San Diego State hold Alabama to three of 27 from three and shut down who's probably going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft, Brandon Miller, you, you, BrandonLang.com came online in 2005 when the movie came out. Um, I've only had, going into Saturday, um, five 200 dime releases. And I had UConn over Gonzaga on Saturday, which I thought was one of the biggest living locks in the history of mankind. Gonzaga hits the shot with Julian Strother, beats UCLA, they get kid, the emotion, how draining that game was, the last two minutes and 30 seconds, and then UConn was lane three. There was no way Gonzaga was gonna get up. It's when Jalen Suggs a couple years ago hit the hit the shot to UCLA in the semifinals, they shut up in the finals against Baylor, and Baylor ran them off the floor Why they were drained. They had nothing left, same exact scenario. And then on Sunday, I, for the life of me, you're not going to beat the overall number one seed, hold them to three of 27 from three, and lose to Creighton. I don't care how good Creighton is. That San Diego State defense is ridiculous. They held Creighton to two of 17 from three and won the game outright. San Diego State is believable. Why? Because they're the best defensive team in college basketball. Statistically speaking, it's North Texas who's playing in the, the NIT final tonight, and you want to talk about bad beats on the face of the planet Earth. I was at the game Tuesday night. The over-under in Wisconsin, North Texas was 115, 115. Mm -hmm. The halftime score was 41-29, 70 points in the first half. In the second half, Wisconsin scored a total of 13 points. <laughs> wow. In the, last, in the last 13 minutes of the game, they had one three-pointer at the 9.03 mark, and Wisconsin did not score again for the last nine minutes of the game. 
and the final score was 56 54. Oh I saw that, yeah. The posted <laughs> Vegas God. total. So, so North Texas statistically is the best defensive team, but San Diego State, you know, when they won their first round game, I believe they beat, was it Furman they beat? Um, and Brian Dersher walks into the locker room afterwards and says, I would not want to play us right now. They followed him into the locker room and said, I would not want to play us right now. Guys, just keep doing what you're doing. That makes sense. Yes, Florida Atlantic went, they entered the tournament, they were 30-3. and three. Um, I believe the three losses were to Middle Tennessee State. They lost to... UAB, I beat them. UAB once, beat them. And then they lost one other to, like, Florida International upset them, I think, in a crazy game. And that's it. Is it believable? That's the one that, that's, are they talented? Yes. Um, is it amazing what they've done? Yes. Um, the win over Tennessee, very impressive because Tennessee's big and physical. But I think the run ends for them for one main reason. The job that San Diego State has done in their four wins of teams from the three-point line are unbelievable. I believe no team has shot over 30% from three against them. They've held the three of the four opponents to under 20% under 20% from 25% from three. The last two games, Bama three of 27, Creighton two of 17. That's five of 44 from three. What does Florida Atlantic do best? They shoot the three. Yeah. And I just think it's a bad matchup for, for Florida Atlantic. Give them credit. Unbelievable job. Um, but I think it ends there. I just think it's a bad matchup for them. And on the other side, I just don't think you can go against Jim Loringa plus the points. I know UConn's got that look of, of the Villanova team that went 6-0 and straight up, 6-0 and against the spread and ran people off the floor. Yeah. They have that look. But for Miami, to not flinch down 13 in the second half to Texas yeah, and yeah. just not flinch and come back and, and figure out a way to win that game outright, UConn's built a little bit like Texas. Good guards, um, but UConn doesn't have a true point guard. I think this kid, the, the, the point guard, like six seven Jackson, and I don't think he's a true point guard. But they they, they get it done. Their bigs inside are incredible. If, if Miami's big man can stay out of foul trouble, yep, they're going to have a shot in this game. But if he gets in foul trouble, UConn's going to run him off the floor. So that's the game that I'm not touching. I'm all in on San Diego State just because I've watched them all year long. Being here in Vegas, I know that team like the back of my hand. Seven. Seven of their nine guys in the rotation are seniors. Um, you know, they're 31, 30, 29, 28, and 27 years old. They're all just like men. Um, they all drink 40 ounces in brown paper bags. And, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think four of them got three kids already. And, and uh, I think one of, them, one of them could be a grandpa already. Who knows? I mean, they're all old men. And I just think that it's, um, it, it comes to an end, but an amazing story. Uh, who made it out? I mean, there were a lot of upsets uh, in the tournament, uh, obviously, uh, just looking at the Final Four. And as you said, you, you had number one seeds uh, dropping like flies in the early rounds. And, and subsequent to that, uh, same thing. Uh, who, who's made out here so far, the bookies or the players? Um, the bookies. Because yeah, they always do, huh? Yep, yeah, yeah, anytime you have a tournament where where dogs go on a run, and, and, and most importantly, the dogs have gone on an incredible run here. The books are going to make money. And you get a lot of chalk to go down in this tournament. Um, going back to Florida Atlantic, the win against Memphis, 
impressive. Um, I think that was more or less senior guard Kendrick Davis of Memphis. That's more on him. If you remember, Memphis is up one with the ball. Davis breaks the press, and he leads his feet and turns it over with a horrible turnover, threw it right to the Florida Atlanta guy, which gave them the ball. If Davis just holds on to the ball, he gets fouled with five seconds to go. They're shooting two free throws. We're not even talking about Florida Atlantic. They caught a nice break against Fairleigh Dickinson, who they you know really matched up well against. And then they beat a Tennessee team that really didn't have a point guard and was offensively challenged. And then K-State was coming off the emotional win against Michigan State. So they've, they've really done a nice draw to yep. get to where they've gotten. But, but again, I, I think it all ends here. Yeah. UM, uh, by far, has had the more arduous road. And uh, yet uh, that, that game has uh, been at five and a half, I guess, uh, steadily since it opened up. And so, uh, once again, people are discounting uh, the dancing man himself, Jim Laranega. And it's a hurricane team, which uh, hustles and uh, very heady. I mean, uh, Texas uh, had a uh, stated intention, which Laranega was aware of, to take away the three-point shot. And so uh, they took it inside the entire time and ended up uh, winning the game on a bunch of uh, mid-range jumpers, uh, you know, and turnarounds and uh, shots by uh, Wong and uh, and uh, Jordan Miller, which, uh, you know, the guy had a perfect game also, which didn't hurt him, and they were great from the free throw line. All right, so... Uh, Here's what scares me. Here's what scares me. Here's what scares yeah. me about Miami. Um, it, it reminds me of Jim Moringa and George Mason that they, they covered every yeah. game to get to the Final Four. Then they faced Florida's eventual champion, and they just didn't have enough. I just go back to the Florida State game at home on February 25th. Yeah, yeah. They're up 20. Florida State's not a very good team, and Florida State came back against them and beat them 85-84. Yep. Um, I, 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 if you're going to put a gun to my head, I, I think you have to lay the points with UConn only because how impressive they've been in the whole tournament. Yeah. And I think if Miami steps up and gets it done yet again, then great. Tip your cap and go. But I think you have to lose with UConn before you try to win with Miami just because of just how good UConn's playing. I mean, let's Drake, nice win. Indiana, Big Ten Conference, imploded again. Nobody made it to the Sweet 16 except Michigan State, who lost. Houston was a nice win, but, but Houston could be offensively challenged at the time. The Texas win was impressive. That's the one. The, the, the Texas win is impressive um, to give you hope and confidence that they can get it done against Utah. I can't shake the Florida State loss. I watched Florida State play. They, they were dreadful. so bad dreadful. all year That's Luby's team. Yeah. They were dreadful. Yeah, yeah it was something so, else. You know, they, all right, uh, you know, very exciting they, season all the way. We wish you best of luck, Brandon. Uh, you know, always a pleasure having you on the program anytime. And uh, the illustration on the Ron Rostein thing, I, I think, was brilliant as always. And uh, stated <laughs> as, as, as only gets. you could as do it. As good as it so, yeah, okay. and thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, my friend. The theme of all my segments. Hug a email today. They need love. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Lang, man. Thanks. Not in Florida, man. I hey, mean, they're trying to ban drag queens. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, Brandon Lang, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that, that's our Believe podcast uh, for today. Yeah, so uh, he says lay the points with UConn. Well, he uh, says even don't though touch he, the game. If he was betting it, he wouldn't touch it because right, of that. Right. He hates going But that would be Larenega, his inclination, yeah. But UConn has been the most consistent team this entire tournament. I mean, they have won decisively pretty much every game. And, and he's been on the San Diego State bandwagon. Had him last week, has him again this week against FAU. So uh, our uh, South Florida double Cinderella story, uh, he sees coming to an abrupt end. Yes. Yes. 
All right. I, I mean, uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking <laughs> FAU is in there with a shot to move on, much more so than uh, Miami is even. But uh, th- this UM team has been uh, so scrappy, uh, and I think they've shaken off that Florida State game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I gave them credit. I watched the game. And they that- came back, they beat Pittsburgh in an equally meaningful game like a week later, and then uh, ran into a red-hot Duke team in the tournament. One didn't have uh, Omir. Had the injury in the first minute to uh, Omir, and you yeah. see what that meant to the team. Yeah, he's, he's, he's their one big inside, and he's enough. Like, he, when he's yes. playing, does enough where actually it works that he's their only big. But again, he's their only big. So without him, they're very different And, and he plays like Wes Unseld. He's 6'7", but he plays like he's 6'10". Yeah, he plays like a, a legit like 7 foot, yeah. even though he's like mid-sixes. Yes, 100%. He's an animal, very aggressive, and, uh, you know, as... Uh, Brandon pointed out, obviously, the need to stay out of foul trouble is critical That's for this everything. guy because uh, he, he got one when he came off the bus <laughs> in the Tennessee game. And, you know, I, I think that greatly compromised the uh, Hurricanes' chances to to hang in there. And we saw what happened when he was asserting himself late in the ball game yeah. and, and seemed to be freewheeling a little bit, although he did pick up a very dangerous fourth foul uh, with, with plenty of time left in the contest. Remember, he was going for that kind of loose ball that got flipped out to midcourt. And uh, he crashed into the kid as uh, he, he was about to uh, make the catch and uh, picked up four fouls at that point. And, you know, I, I thought, wow, this is going to be uh, definitely, uh, you know, a, a tough blow for the Hurricanes to overcome. But they managed to do it. And, and the free throw shooting was spectacular. Yes. I don't know if you can expect that again. I think they went 19 for 21 in the second half. And uh, some ridiculous total. I, like, missed three free throws the entire game out of 28. Uh, what was it, 24 for 28 or 25 for 28 from the stripe? So That yeah, was insane. That was big in that game, and the, the front end of one-on-ones and when they get into the bonus is so crucial in these games uh, that uh, you, you have to figure are going to be close. All right, uh, best of luck, everybody. I know everybody that, that's in our audience had at least three of those teams in the Final Four, and uh, that's because <laughs> you guys have nothing but blind faith in uh, you know Cinderella stories uh, coming to fruition. So for Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for listening to After Hours. Our guest, uh, Brandon Lang, always brilliant. And uh, no matter who you have in the uh, Final Four, what rooting interest, what betting interest you have, remember, go into it with a lot of faith and realize you've got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Highly apart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.